Hi, all. It's Wilmot George of CI's Tax, Retirement, and Estate Planning Team. The title of today's podcast is Tax and Estate Planning for Your Two Spouses. More specifically, we're going to talk about marital status extending beyond the task of checking a box on a tax return and the role it can play in deeper tax and estate planning scenarios. Consider the following. Christy separated from her spouse Ken eight years ago. They were married for 10 years prior to their separation, but are not yet divorced. The separation was amicable. In fact, the two remain good friends and co-parent their 15-year-old daughter, Nicole. For the past five years, Christy has been living in a common-law relationship with her partner, Fred. Now, thinking about estate planning, Christy would like to understand her options for the transfer of her assets upon her death. She's heard about tax-deferred transfers or, or rollovers to spouses, but would like to understand how this might apply to her, given her separated status and common-law relationship. Specifically, Christy would like to know the following. Are spousal rollovers available for both registered and non-registered assets? And also, who is her spouse for purposes of these rules? Her separated spouse, Ken, or her common-law partner, Fred? Christy's assets, all solely owned, are as follows. She's got a principal residence. There's an unrealized capital gain of $400,000 there. Her proposed beneficiary upon her death would be her common-law partner, Fred. She's got a vacation property with an unrealized capital gain of $200,000. Her proposed beneficiary for that asset would be her separated spouse, Ken. She also has non-registered mutual fund assets and a bank account for the non-registered mutual fund Her unrealized capital gain is $50,000 and her proposed beneficiary on her death there is her common law partner, Fred. And she's got an RRSP and she's undecided who she wants to receive her RRSP upon her death. Now, Canadian tax rules state that where non-registered capital assets, including real property, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, etc., are transferred to a Canadian resident spouse or common law partner at death, or to a Canadian trust for the benefit of a spouse or common-law partner, a tax-deferred rollover is possible, deferring taxes to the future sale of the property. For registered assets, a tax-deferred rollover is available for RSPs and RIFs where a spouse, common-law partner, or financially dependent minor child or grandchild, or a child or grandchild with a disability, is entitled to the RSP or RIF assets, and they transfer those assets to an eligible registered plan for their benefit. For TFSAs, the value of the account at the time of the holder's death is tax-free regardless of who the beneficiary is. So that answers the first question. Tax-deferred spousal rollovers are generally available for both registered and non-registered assets. But this leads us to the next question, and that is, who is a spouse or common law partner for purposes of these rules? For tax purposes, the term spouse refers to a person to whom you are legally married. A common law partner refers to a person to whom you are not married, but are living with in a conjugal relationship that has lasted for a period of at least one year, or that person is a parent of your child. Now, it's interesting to note that it is possible to have both a spouse and a common law partner at the same time for tax purposes. 
For example, where an individual was legally separated but not divorced and had a common law partner at death, a tax deferred rollover of non-registered assets to both the separated spouse and common law partner would be possible. Similarly, for RSPs and RIFs, the CRA has confirmed that tax deferred transfers to RSPs, RIFs and annuities for both separated and common law partners are permitted where rollover rules are met. So applying these concepts to Christie's situation, assuming she predeceases both Ken and Fred and current rules apply at the time of her death, she would be considered to have two spouses, a separated spouse and a common law partner for purposes of the rollover rules. To reduce taxes for her year of death, Christie's principal residence can be transferred to her common law partner, Fred, directly or to a spousal trust for his benefit without taxation. Upon Fred's death, on transfer of the property to Christie's daughter, Nicole, tax would likely be avoided through the principal residence exemption. Christie's non-registered mutual fund account can also be transferred to Fred on a tax-deferred basis along with her bank account. Given that these assets are non-registered and solely owned, estate administration fees or probate might apply where applicable. Similarly, the tax rules allow for Christie's vacation property to be transferred to her separated spouse, Ken, either directly or to a spousal trust for his benefit without taxation. Tax would be deferred until a future sale of the property or on Ken's death upon transfer of the property to Nicole. Christie is undecided about who she wants to receive her RRSP upon her death. She can take comfort in knowing that both Ken and Fred would be eligible to receive the proceeds on a tax-deferred basis provided they transferred their assets to their own RSP, RIF, pooled registered pension plan, or we call PRPP, or an annuity. Alternatively, she can leave the RSP to her minor child, Nicole, although the rollover would not be available past 18 unless Nicole has a disability. So when thinking about these rules, keep the following in mind. With some exceptions, divorced spouses are generally not treated the same as separated spouses for tax purposes. Post-death rollovers to divorced spouses are generally not permitted. And also, tax-deferred transfers might not always make the most sense, especially where the deceased can make use of unused capital losses or low tax brackets for the year of death. Taxpayers can trigger taxes for the year of death where it makes sense to do so. So to conclude, Canadian tax rules offer some flexibility when it comes to managing assets and intimate relationships. While the two spouses concept is likely to spark debate in social circles, it is a confirmed possibility from a Canadian tax perspective. So that brings this podcast to a close. We hope that you found the information helpful and we invite you to visit the tax, retirement, and estate planning webpage at ci.com for more information on this and other related content. Thanks for your time, and have a great day. This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice, or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment.